Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Cashed Out Podcast. I am the main, I don't know if I'm the main man, but I'm Alex. I'm the one running the show. We got Jay with us this week and Ricky, as always, say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? Ricky, could you sound more excited next time, please? <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm fired up, but I'm just kind of pulling back a little bit when you call yourself the main man. It's a three-man show we're gonna get it going we're gonna get some uh bets going here god damn that is true is a three-man show we are rolling this week we have uh post halloween we're feeling good a couple weeks of thanksgiving we got a lot of good games coming up how did everybody do last week do we did we have a good week good halloween it was a mixed week for me i think all of the uh major bets that i threw maybe thursday friday of last week i pretty much lost every single one of those um And it really all started with the Cardinals, right? Like that was a big hit to all of my parlays had to basically reset. And it was just a bad week from there, but I did recover. Thank you, Cowboys. Thank you so much. And uh, you know, the week where I spent the most money, lost the most money, I ended up actually recovering pretty well on, uh, on Monday. So not too bad. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I I was chasing the whole weekend. Literally, I looked at the uh, balance within my DraftKings app, and I was at a full goose egg because after Thursday night, every piece of action I had going into the weekend was gone. And uh, I got nervous. I started scrambling. And like Jay, I just kept doubling down on the the Cowboys. Even as the injury report came out, you found out Dak wasn't playing. Just kept putting more and more money until I had zero left and uh, ended up only being down like 20 bucks on the week. So uh, you got to spend money and risk money to to lose just a little bit the number of texts that i got from you guys this weekend saying i think i'm gonna add a little bit more i'm gonna you know i've hit my my weekly allowance but i'm gonna do one more anyway just to try like was insane i think it was at least five or six i had one 800 gambler on speed dial the entire weekend (laughs) because i think i was developing a problem very quickly that is uh that's for sure I just want to say I never once thought I was developing a problem. I knew that I was going to win. I just wanted to save the suspense <laughs> until Monday to see if I could maybe salvage my week. And it's true. Scared money don't make money. God there it is. damn. There it is. We are entering a fantastic week 10 of the NFL season. I, I mean, if this is a story, it's getting better and better. We're entering week. No, we're entering week 10, bro. Isn't it 10? Oh, shit. We're entering week nine. Let's get it straight. Running week nine, Cardinals are seven and one. I can't count anymore. That's how I knew what week it was. Um, but we're about halfway through the season. So we are going to do a, a recap, a quick little, little tidbit. We're going to name three categories here for the first half. We got the first half. We'll do most improved from last year. We'll go first half, biggest disappointment. And we'll end it with the first half MVP. Who should, you know, based on the first half, who do we think might go all the way? Uh, we're going to start with the most improved. Uh, Ricky's going to take it. He has been in love with this team. We've all been in love with this team. Teamy, team, I think he helped him chase a little bit. Ricky, who do you got most improved? So for my, my mid-season award, I'm going to stick with the theme I've had all year, and it's the team in blue and white from uh, Texas. It is the Cowboys. Uh, so far, they're 7-1 and one on the season, already eclipsing the wins that they had for the entire 2020 season. And their team just looks tremendous. Even without Dak, Cooper Rush, getting it done, those receivers, it is – 
Very, very scary what they can do on offense. Micah Parsons on defense, Randy Gregory, Leighton Vander Esch. They don't even have Demarcus Lawrence back. So I think that every week their defense is taking a step that's setting themselves up for, for down the road. The only team they've lost to is the defending Super Bowl Buccaneers. Week their one. Division, yeah, their division is poor. I think they're going to continue to, to rack up some, some wins. They're going to continue to be a high uh, seeded team going into the playoffs. And, and I would be scared if the Cardinals or any other team were coming up against them uh, late in January. This is like the reverse. Normally when you watch a team on hard knocks, they play like garbage, but hard knocks this year seems to be doing pretty good, pretty good for the Cowboys. So those are our most improved Jay. Let's kind of flip it over here. Um, who, I think there were a couple contenders for this one, but who, who did you crown the biggest disappointment first, first nine weeks of the season? Let's say about halfway. Biggest disappointment this year, which I feel like is probably unanimous. I won't say unanimous, but it's a very popular opinion here is the chiefs, right? This was a team that came off two years of looking fantastic coming into the season, being a super bowl contender, and then just flat out playing horrible. And even really through the first five, maybe even six weeks of the season, people were still giving the Chiefs the respect that, frankly, I don't know if they deserve this year, right? Their turnovers are, it's, it's a nightmare for that team. On defense, they're Swiss cheese, right? They're letting things go left and right. And if we just look at turnovers, which is something that Patrick Mahomes doesn't really do too often, especially the past two years where he's looked fantastic, Patrick Mahomes alone has about 12, I think 12 turnovers this season. More than half of those are interceptions, which he doesn't ever do. And then the rest are fumbles. But the Chiefs defense has less turnovers than what Patrick Mahomes has done. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's been a mess, I think, on both sides of the ball for them. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't really have the weapons that he had last year. He still has Kelsey, still has Tyreek, but they're just not on the same page. He's getting pressured a lot, and he's getting flustered. I think that they've got a lot of things that they need to work out if they really want to be a Super Bowl contender. And I think that we as a league have given them a little bit too much respect this year, at least. I feel you, Jay. And I feel like the Monday night game didn't really inspire me to be confident in them. And this week we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the they're playing the Packers and they are, they are heavily favorited. And I think we need to have a, a long conversation about that because I'm not sure they deserve it right now. We're going off of the brand name and that scares me right now. You know, we, we have no, we have the, the current brand right now, we need to take it at face value what it is. Um, we need to go off that. But right now, the Chiefs are not in the playoffs, which is surprising as hell. Uh, they're they're on the Chargers' heels. I think the Chargers are four and three. Uh, Chiefs are four and four. So that could you know easily flip flop. But outside looking in, we nobody would have expected that. We're gonna do now. I will I will talk about the first half MVP. I wish, I wish, I wish I could say it was the Cardinals. They they beat the first half MVP, but I don't feel with confidence that I could say that. This team got better last week. They traded for freaking Von Miller from the Broncos. Uh, the first half MVP, I think, has to go to the Rams. With Matthew Stafford, they are looking commanding. They are crushing the bad teams. The only team that they lost to was the Cardinals. Coming off a week where they had uh, just beaten the Bucks which I think was a little bit of a, of a Super Bowl matchup in itself. They might have had a little bit of an of a emotional hangover on that one. Cardinals looked great, so not to take away from that. The Cardinals could be in this spot too, but you got Kyler getting hurt. You lose J.J. Watt. I mean, the Cardinals are kind of in a different state right now, but the Rams are poised 
to keep on rolling, to keep on smacking. They play the Titans this week, so that should be a really interesting matchup to see. A little bit of a barometer for both of those teams because right now Titans are number one in the AFC. Um, the Rams are number five on the uh, fact that the Cardinals are already in there at the number two spot, so they get the first wild card spot. But really interesting. And I think the Rams are just an overall solid squad. Jalen Ramsey really good on defense. Aaron Donald, of course. You have their offense is so dynamic, so many weapons. You add Stafford's arm. Rams are Rams are poised, man. Rams are scary. So I'm not happy they're in our conference and sure as hell not happy they're in our division either. So not great. All of that being said, first half has been fun. Have you guys enjoyed the season so far? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's football. How can you not enjoy the season? You know, like there have been a lot of upsets that we've seen this season, a lot of injuries, a lot of off the field play that has uh, been a distraction to say the least. So it's football, baby. Like, you, I mean, I'm never going to be upset about football and, and how things turn out. That's the game of football, right? You win by inches. Even on the weeks that there have been really bad matchups, it's still been good football. It's been entertaining. And when you add in this extra lens of gambling and some of these lines being, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of uh, double digit spreads it makes the games competitive. So even when you've got, you know, bills and the dolphins, if you're laying 11 points, that game becomes a lot more interesting. So, you know, on face value, some of the matchups the last few weeks at least have not been the the most uh, interesting. Uh, But when you throw the extra uh, money and lens of gambling on top of it, it's, it's definitely been a great, you know, first nine weeks of football and looking forward to the rest of the the second half of the season. Gambling can make any game fun. That's all I'm going to say. You, We have a kind of crummy Thursday night game this week. You put 10 bucks on it, and you're suddenly interested. So, I mean, more power to you, but that's what happens. So we are going to reflect on week eight, some of the good, some of the bad. Uh, Ricky, you start us off with your with your flip around team. Tell us the good, sir. What what went well for you with, with the boys? The Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys saved my entire week. So most of my picks, and and I don't want to supersede some of the bad, most of my picks involved the Bengals and the Cardinals. And so you can probably guess uh, how how the rest of my week went, but not good. I I got the Cowboys at minus two and a half back before we knew that Dak wasn't playing Um, just straight up said, Hey, I'm going to lay the points. I feel really great about them against the Vikings. Then I found out that Dak was down. Then I found out that the Bengals lost and the Cardinals lost. And you know what? I just said, push them all to the center. And I went money line on, uh, on again, the boys in blue and white. And that last pass to Amari Cooper in the corner of the end zone. I wish you guys could have been in the room with me because I freaking lost it. Uh, again, I had double, triple zeros on my, on my balance in DraftKings. And that bumped me back up. Uh, along with a, a monster parlay. We talked about that last week of kind of padding the stats. And again, I was able to hit on the Bengals and the Cardinals and the Saints the previous week because I was getting so many points, even though they uh, you know didn't cover the spread in kind of the traditional sense. So the Cowboys all the way. I, I love Cooper Rush. The, the, the Cooper to Cooper connection saved my week, Cowboys. Jay, tell us what went well for you this week, man. Um, you know, I don't want to echo what Ricky said, but I'm going to just echo quickly that the Cowboys also saved my week. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank God for the Cowboys. And then that, that gave me the confidence to bet on the Monday night game to win a little bit more. So thank God for the Cowboys. But my second, uh, second team here that I think did well, even though they lost, so it might be a little bit of a controversial take is the Colts. I thought that they played really well um, against the Titans. And I know divisional games, you can kind of trade off a game here and there and it's, it is what it is, but. I thought they played really well. They held Derrick Henry to 68 rushing yards. Um, 
AJ Brown still had a monster game, but kind of to be expected if he's their only weapon, uh, deep threat wise. And um, the Colts offense looked good. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. I think they both had a couple turnovers, both uh, Wentz and Tannehill. But aside from the turnovers, they kept it close. It went to overtime. Titans barely edged them by a, by a field goal. So I would say that's a pretty good game for a team that might have been the powerhouse in the AFC coming into last week. So let's say the Colts, they, they, they played pretty well. They impressed me. I'm not going to say anything that went well this week for myself because I was conservatively betting less, trying to you know bounce back a little bit. Um, and the one that I was really riding on had the Bengals in it. So I'm going to flip us over now to the bad. The Bengals, okay. Again, we we will have a whole. What did you have? What, what are you going to add? No, I'm saying what the fuck happened. To them? Oh, I agree. Like, I don't know. I'm glad you're trying sense. Yes. Keep that in the pod because I agree. What the hell happened to them? How could they do that to us? But what I will say, and I think next week our little beginning intro of the week should be about uh, emotional Super Bowl games or letdown games the next week because I feel like this was that the Bengals came out, they played the Ravens, and Jr. Boy did say. This is a trap game. It It was a whole, it it was, it was there, right? I will say though, the Bengals should have won. The Bengals were good. There were a couple of penalties. If you did watch that game at the end, there was one where they had them. It was like third and six. And then they might've even gotten to fourth down. There was a penalty did not look like a good penalty. They got them 15 yards first down. They were able to kill the clock for the jets. Just, you know, neither here nor there. The Bengals shouldn't have been that close in the game. It happens when you play a team after you beat your, you know, division rival, the Ravens, the, you know, two weeks prior, you're on a high, you're supposed to be, you know, out there crushing. It happens. Uh, I'm also going to just say that uh, last week I chastised Ricky a little bit. I gave him a hard time for the Chargers. I thought the Chargers were going to go in there and at least, you know, be competitive and, and ultimately beat the Patriots. I didn't think it would be a huge win, but I thought the Patriots were not as good as they were. Bill Belichick returned to form. They were able to make Justin Herbert look uncomfortable. Ricky, go ahead, take your little victory lap because the Patriots, I'm, I'm going to give you that one. They, they showed me some stuff this week. It's all about that defense, right? The, the Chargers did not have a, a strong running game and it allowed them to get into pass coverage. They forced three sacks and two picks. Justin Herbert was held to what, like 220 yards passing? Oh, that's not great. No, and then, you know, rushing yards, you look, it's 163. One of those came on a 75-yard run, right? So the Patriots basically said, go ahead, beat us with the run. We'll let you get those yards. Again, they broke off a big one, which isn't great, but in the grand scheme of things, when you hold a team to under 100 yards rushing and that offense to to sub 220 yards passing. And then again, it's really the, the offense for the Patriots is predicated on the run game. They got out to 130 plus rushing yards. Um, Mac Jones didn't wow you right again. It was 217 passing yards, but the versatility of their weapons, the strength of their offensive line. Now that you're getting some of those guys back and healthy and they love to work in some of those weird, you know, Hey, we're going to throw an end around. And then maybe my guy is going to throw it. It's just, you you don't quite know what you're getting on offense. They're not going to boat race you, but they're at least keeping things close. And when you've got a bill Belichick coach defense, that's it. You always take that. That's it. Bill Belichick. You said it right there. Jay, tell us what didn't go well with uh, with your uh, biggest disappointment team. What didn't go well? One thing that I want to add first, though, just okay. to that Bengals take. The Jets had a brand new QB, not brand new to the league, but a brand new QB in yep. essence, right? This yep. guy had not played a game. That was his first his first start, Jay. His first ever start was that game. 
he threw for over 400 yards. He said he tied to he like he passed Cam Newton's record for most yards in a in a single start in his first start. So the only thing with that though is when you look at at the end of the game, he was tied for the fourth in lowest depth received in the NFL this season, which means that the ball was caught within four yards of the line of scrimmage 90% of the game. 63% of his total yards that he received were yards after the catch. I don't know what the fucking Bengals were doing. They were giving them so much space. Michael Carter had like 99 receiving yards. He had another like 70 on the ground. Dude's super versatile, but he's catching it out in the flat. It's not like he ran these crazy wheel routes where he's catching it downfield. The Bengals, I don't know what the Bengals were thinking. There were no offensive weapons. Corey Davis was out. Like, what were they, what were they scheming for that they thought we're just gonna let this guy who's never been in the league sit back, drop the ball down low, and not make tackles, right? But and the Jets should yeah, go ahead. Ricky, that's what I love about this win, man. That that makes it so much better to me because football is about taking what they give you. And if you're going to take four yard things and let your guys go for, you know, crazy yard after the catch runs because they don't have the linebackers or the secondary is not as good or whatever, take that all day, man. Why would you be bombing these 50 yard balls or whatever if they're not going to give that to you? But but the NFL is also about adjustment. So how is the Bengals? Can you allow yourself to get just absolutely torch, quote unquote, by allowing them to dink dunk the ball down the field? There was no passes there that looked great. It wasn't like you go, hey, this guy's so much better than Zach Wilson. I'm curious of why they haven't run some of this offense for Zach Wilson up to this point, right? They're making Zach Wilson do way more with his arm because he is a better quarterback, a physical prospect. Why can't they dial up some of the schemes that allow him to check the ball down to guys in the flat? Bro, I think Jamison Crowder on these short little bubble hooks, right? Like, I think, I think as a dude, I think as a first round pick, you come in not i'm not gonna run the four yard route and let the let the wide receivers do the work i'm the first round pick i gotta make it happen i gotta make those throws so i feel like somebody coming in who's been sidelined for a little bit and just says you know what we just need a damn win i don't care if it's me or if it's them i feel like you have a little bit more wiggle room there with you know somebody coming in who's expecting to be the you know you're the first round pick man you gotta take that that's on Robert Sala and the coaching staff. If if that's, not if, that's not if that's what we're gonna do, like not arguing. I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson is sitting there in the quarterback room going, you know what, guys, I don't want to check down. Ever. Bro, I just feel like there's I, a little bit of ego with that. I'm not saying that he's saying I'm never gonna check down ever, but I feel like if you're somebody who's been sitting on the bench for three years and you finally get to play, you're gonna say, I just want to look good. Me or them, that's fine. A win is a win. But if you're the the first round pick, you're coming in and saying. I, I want to win and I'm going to, I might have to force a little bit to make it happen because I am that good. I just think right. the coaching staff needs to take the the foundation that they the in this game. And, and look, I mean, when you look at the top three receivers for this game, two of them were running backs, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to create this space for your backup to look successful when the entire Jets organization needs Zach Wilson to work. Otherwise, they're going to be looking for employment elsewhere. So I will throw a small plug jets defense. There were a number of times that they shut down the Bengals, forced them to get three instead of seven. They got them near the red zone a couple of times and, and didn't break right. A little bit of that bendo break. They, they still still scored 31, right? The Bengals, like we all have said, should have won this game. They were up, I think what, like 10 or 11 with seven minutes left. Like it was something Jets scored, Jets they, scored 17 in the fourth quarter. Just absolutely ridiculous that they let the game slip away. And I think that it's it's fundamentally the Bengals handing the, the game away and not the Jets necessarily taking it. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. 
some good momentum, and it leads us into Thursday night with the Jets taking on the Colts. Uh, Colts giving 10.5 over under it at 46. Uh, what are you guys thinking for this one? No. That's, Jay that's has it. a take. Let Jay take, man. No, but sorry, that's Jay, exact, take, take it up. That's exactly it, though, right? Like that was the perfect making of a trap game. It was. And that's exactly what happened. So my bad take, though, is the Chiefs. Um, you know, that was my disappointment on the season as well. But the Chiefs, you know, they just they won, but they didn't look great. They were another team that just let a lot go. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I feel like I'm probably not going to bet on the Chiefs going forward. If the spread is massive, especially in the in the favor of the Chiefs, like I'm I'm staying away from it. If it's a tight game and maybe they have the chance to win, then maybe I'll throw some money on them. But the Chiefs are one that I might stay away from this year. So if you could rewind a week and talk about the team that you, you would have buried, would, would you flip it now? I, I think last week you had said the Panthers. Um, I think they found a way to, to win over a bad Falcons team. Would you flip it? Would you dig them out of the grave and, and put the Chiefs down there? No, I'm, I'm still uh, – well, the Chiefs can go next to them. Why do I have to dig the Panthers? Out? I, I still don't <laughs> trust the Panthers. Dude, that's so we have, hard. We only though, have man. three graves, guys. I don't know what you want me to say. And Well, four. We, we included uh, a JJ and then the, the fifth underneath for Gino. So we yeah, we had – Gino looked we fantastic. Added, we added Jameis. We added Jameis this week to the graveyard. We had Derek Henry this week to the graveyard. Man, people, we we did the graveyard segment. And people said, "Put me six feet deep, man. How can I get there?" Because it just was such a cool segment. They were all like, "Put me the hell underground." So, I mean, not great, but the last little bit that we'll do before Ricky tried to transfer us over already preemptively, Sorry. throwing Sorry. that out there. It's all good. It was a great segue, Ricky. We, I, I'm in love with it. It was just the wrong time, but. It all started on Thursday. I lament that the Cardinals lost. We were all so gung-ho. And any Packers fan who listened to this or any Packers fan who comes to me in the street and tries to tell me that the Packers deserve that win, that's fine. But I will also say to you, just like when the Vikings missed the field goal at the end of their game to, to lose to the Cardinals in week two, the Cardinals were about to win. What a heads-up play by the defensive back. He touched the ball and to not let it just go out of bounds to chase that shit and to catch it, the feet and everything. That was such a heads up play. I, I can picture it happening a hundred times. It bounces off his arm and that's it. He followed that shit. What a good play by him. The Cardinals were about to win the game. AJ Green took a, took a break for one play. Kyler said it's AJ's green time. And AJ Green was not, not prepared for that. That, that goes that way. One time out of a hundred. There's 99 other opportunities for the Cardinals to win. They were right there. They drove the whole length of the field. They were about to score. It sucked. Cardinals got their first loss, but they were about to win the game. So, you know, neither here nor there. Jay, tell us. One really, really good thing that came out of that game, and that was the memes that happened because of Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. That was fantastic. And even the the A.J. Green memes, like I saw a few of those as well. So it was a great meme game. That counts for something? No, Maybe. it didn't no. help me. It didn't help me. I saw a million memes on me. Thursday night and I was just angry as hell. I was like, get these Aaron Rodgers stupid motherfucker face off my goddamn Instagram. And then on stupid Saturday or Sunday, he's at some Halloween party dressed as John Wick, getting everybody infected with COVID. And I was like, he wouldn't be out partying if we had shellacked his ass on Thursday. I, I was so frustrated with it. I know I'm letting it go. I'm working it off, but I haven't let it go. My voice is finally recovering because I was I, I let myself get into it. You guys, I'm a very emotional fan. Alex and, and going Jake to the game you just from me It's sitting there and I, I sit on the visiting side. I'm in the lower bowl visiting side. All Packers fans, everybody just blacked out, belligerently screaming at me about how bad my team is. 
and I let myself get, get into it. Chase Edmonds catches that ball, runs it down. We're within, you know, what, 10, 12 yards. Kyler does a little weird power run that he then slides down. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I look on the far side of the field and who runs back on DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm going, Oh my God, hop. And I just start screaming, hop, hop, hop. Cause all I could think was it's going to be this weird, beautiful swing route. It's going to be some screen and Hopkins is going to dive in one handed. And it's going to be like we did with the bills last year and be a walk-off TD. And instead, and I don't knock Kyler for this, right? Single coverage against a, 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 a cornerback that was sitting on your practice squad a couple weeks before, right? All he has to do is turn around. I get it. He didn't hear the audible. A lot of noise. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the time of possession is what killed the Cardinals, right? There was 37 minutes of time of possession for the Packers. Holy God. Other other than the one ball that was thrown by Aaron Rodgers to to Tunyon that resulted in him absolutely blowing out his every collateral ligament in his knee, I don't know that there was a ball thrown greater than six yards in the air, right? It was so many of those screens, quick outs, AJ Dillon, the running game. It They just came and they freaking put it to us. No part of, of the Cardinals deserved to walk out with a win. Somehow, even with three turnovers, we stuck around, had ourselves a chance, but by no means was that a Cardinals game to win. We, we would have been walking out of there uh, having snuck one away. Just like with the Vikings game, we would have been walking out of there, some lucky son of guns, but didn't turn our way. The energy in that stadium, like the excitement that went into that stadium right before the interception, like leading up to it was intense, man. That place was shaking. And then it shifted so fucking quick. <laughs> I wanted to cry. Like it was horrible, man. Like popping like, a balloon. Oh my God. Watching the Packers fans and the Cardinals fans just like intently staring at the field and then seeing all of the Cardinals fans just immediately turn and walk the fuck out. And all the Packers fans stand there and cheer it was just so heartbreaking, man. Bro, because nobody could believe it, man. It took the, the disbelief from the ones leaving, the disbelief from the others, you know, cheering. They knew. And see, that's it. The Cardinals fans knew they were going to win. The Packers fans knew they were going to lose. And it took a moment for both of them to realize not what we expected, not what we expected, and to react accordingly. Let us move on. Last week was quite wild. Let us move on. We are going to go. Ricky already segued. Mine is not as good as his. First game of the week, Thursday night football. The Colts are at home. They are minus 10 and a half. The Jets are coming to town with Mike White. Jets are two and five. Colts are three and five. They need this one bad. Colts are minus 10 and a half, over under 46. Ricky already wants to talk about it. Let's go, Ricky. I just want to ask does anybody feel comfortable laying 10 and a half from the Colts, right? Hell I mean, no. It, Hell no. It, ha, ha, granted, again, it, the defense for the Colts have to make the adjustments, right? You, you got to press at the line you can't just let them check the ball down you got to actually go make tackles you can't just let people run down the field and get that much yards after carry but 10 and a half for a team that's kind of shown that they're a middle of the road group I don't feel good about this one at all I'm definitely staying away from this but I I don't know what do you guys think I will absolutely not be staying away from this game I'm gonna bet almost every game I think this week but no you're right I don't feel comfortable with the with the Colts at 10 and a half. That's a little bit too much for me. But one thing that I will say is that the Jets offense last week was only run by Michael Carter, right? The Colts have the ability to stop one person. So if they only have to stop Michael Carter and then the Jets have no other bit of offense, then they might be able to hit those points. I'm still not betting the points. I'm going to put this in one of my monsters. And uh, 
get the points at plus two and a half, I think. Let the Colts um, lose if they need to, but still win. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. This this is probably I might wait until tomorrow to see if it drops to 10. I don't want to get the Colts at what does that change? Bro, 10? because Versus because right now, because right so now, if push? it's three and a half, they have to win by four points. But if it goes to 10 and I do a seven point tease, oh, you're still teasing it. You're still teasing it. And I tease, right? I tease, I go to three. Now, if they lose, um, or if they if it's three points, a field goal, we tie. That's fine with me. I push. That scares me a little bit. Mike White had a good week. Like I think we've said before, now we have film on him, though. The Colts are going to be a little bit more prepared. They watched how they won last week against the Bengals. I don't want to say that, like, oh, now they're going to play a really good defense in the Colts. The Bengals have a good defense. So I think that, you know, the Bengals might have just got, you know, caught flat on their feet. Three and a half might be a little too high just because I don't really trust the Colts, but I do expect the Colts to win this one. Moneyline also sounds good as well. I think the Colts win. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to come away with this but I would love them to. That'd be fantastic if they did. What a good story for the Jets, but also the Colts are going to win. Moving on, we have the Saints who are coming off of a great win against the Bucs. They lose, uh, I think we can go back to saying that Jameis Winston's blind, but they lose blind Jameis for the season. ACL um, is gone. Saints are five and two after beating the Bucs. Falcons are coming. They're three and four. This is a divisional game. Saints are minus six. Taysom Hill did have a concussion, that's why he did not play in the last game. Trevor Simeon was able to get the win, though. Saints are minus six at home in New Orleans, over under 42 and a half. I, I think that I'm, I'm going to say for this one, this would be a money line for me or a tease. I like the Saints to win. Um, give me that the plus one for the Saints if we do seven points. The Saints are a solid coached team. That's what I'm going to say the most is that Sean Payton knows what he's doing with the team. It doesn't really matter who's quarterbacking. The defense looks sharp always. So, you know, you lose. And then what Michael Thomas is out for the year too. He put something out as well. So no Michael Thomas, um, which they haven't had him all year, but I feel like the saints foundationally structurally against a good team, like the bucks against a bad team, like the Falcons, they're going to be in a position to win. They're five and freaking two. Do any of do either of you think the Saints are a good team, like a really strong team? You're afraid of the Saints? I am. Personally. You think, really interesting. I, I, th- I, don't I think, think they're so I think their defensive line is is really their strength, right? They're very physical up front and they shut down the run, right? Brady and the Bucks really had to commit to we need to beat them through the air. And so it's a little bit of that kind of foundation that all teams want, right? You want to be able to get pressure with your front four. You want to leave seven in coverage and you want to make Mahomes, Brady, whoever beat you and have to pick you apart. And, and frankly, the bucks weren't able to do that last, last week. Do I look at the offensive weapons of the Falcons and think that they're going to be able to do that? Absolutely not. The two leading receiving targets uh, and frankly, pass catchers for the team, uh, Cordero Patterson, who's a running back and Kyle Pitts, who's their tight end. Calvin Ridley, we can talk about that if we want, right? But he's not yeah. going to be playing in this game, stepping away, taking some time for his mental health. Who do they have on an offensive side that they're actually going to be able to do things with, let alone the fact that that Saints defense is giving up, I think, either the, the least points in the league or close to the least points in the league as a defensive unit. They are scary, right? 18.3 points per game. The rushing attack isn't going to be super strong. I feel really great about the, the six points laying that i think whether it's Taysom, whether it's simeon it's going to be a good good game for the saints not to talk about the bucks here but i don't know i i think the saints played well defensively but i think the bucks beat themselves man the penalties in that game were 
absolutely ridiculous. Like stupid penalties that extended drives. The Bucks should have won that game against the Saints. The Saints got, I don't want to say they got lucky because they, they played well. They played all right. Um, but the penalties to the Bucks are really what killed the Bucks in that game. All that just to say that the Saints are going to beat the Falcons. I don't think that the Falcons have, you know, nearly the team that the Saints have, even without the weapons. Um, you know, the Saints are just going to be too powerful for the Falcons, and I don't trust the Falcons uh, much at all anyways. They find ways to lose games. So I'm going to take the Saints, but I'm going to do money line on this. I don't feel confident about the six points. I do feel confident about the win. I agree with that, and I agree. And, Ricky, let me ask you this really quickly. Do you feel threatened by the Saints' offense? I would say no. I think now without Jameis, there's even less versatility than there was before. Taysom's it, a Swiss it, Army knife, though. Taysom, Taysom. But, but it's different when you put him in the game, right? It, when when you have packages where he comes in and maybe he's at, he's at tight end, maybe he's the you know power power running kind of game. Right, right, there's, right. There, there's much more fear, but he's not beating anybody with their arm. That's why they went out and got Jameis in the first place. So that's my only thing. Now, if they go Trevor Simeon as the main guy and you, you kind of even do a little bit more of a 50, 50 split. Gadget. You go, hey, I like Taysom. It. Yeah. I mean, that, that's when you have to worry about it. I think a bit more Kamara is still Kamara. He's going to go get his, but do I look at that offense and, and be nearly as scared as when Jameis was, was under the helm? Probably not. Okay. I like that. Then. That's probably pretty difficult though, for a defense too to game plan. If they do a 50, 50 split between Simeon and, and Taysom Hill, like you kind of know what the plays are going to be, right? Like Taysom, if he's in, then you know kind of sort of what the what the play is going to be in same with Simeon. But at the same time, I don't know. That could be interesting. Yeah, there's their stats, 125 rushing yards per game, only 191 through the air. So if you go to that kind of full-time split, I think you even see that number kind of creep up a little bit, which is a little scary if you're, you're looking about – you know, 300 plus yards of total offense and half 150, of that is 150. coming from the ground. Yeah, but you know, what What do you do if you're a defense? If you, oh you, you come on the field, you don't really know what you're looking at. And again, if you can simplify and only have to focus on, you know, the running attack, the passing attack, when you have to kind of focus on both of those things, it makes it very challenging. Dear gosh, dear gosh. All right, let's move on. We have the Broncos. They are uh, the away team. They're four and four going to Dallas. Uh, Dallas is six and one Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites um, for nine and a half is the over under. I don't have much to say about this, except we, we don't know if Dak is back. Ricky, do you have any official Dak Prescott information? Well, he was limited today. He was actually on the field going through drills and not just doing kind of his banded jumping around that you saw on Sunday night. So I won't say it's for certain, but they're feeling like he may only have missed one game and, and that one game being last week. So I think there's some level of um, feeling that Dak may be coming back this game, which kind of opens up the offense a little bit more. Now, Cooper Rush, that guy balled out for his first game to throw 300 plus passing yards. Now, the, the Vikings kind of sold out a little bit. And and frankly, the, the Cowboys ran just enough to kind of keep them honest, right? They got a lot of single covers that really opened things up. I'm allowing for both 100 you know, plus rushing or receiving yards from CeeDee Lamb and from, from Amari Cooper. So I think you're going to see more of that, of, of it's frankly going to be Zeke and Pollard this week. Uh, Broncos defense kind of scares me, but I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, I think I think Dak is, is looking like he's on track to come and play. Scares you in a good way or a bad way that you, you don't like them or you're worried they're going to get boat raced? So they got they got five sacks last week and two picks. I mean, that's pretty strong. The The, the – I still feel really good about the Cowboys nine and a half again, pretty big line. They are seven and zero against the spread. 
for me, the, the opportunity is the over underline. So 49 and a half, if you tease that up and get yourself into the kind of the 55 range or even throw it into a monster, the Broncos defense has shown they can cause discomfort for the quarterback and that they can take advantage of opportunities. The Cowboys defense as well, pretty strong has shown that they're going to be able to kind of slow the offense down. If you get up to, I mean, shoot, if you throw it in a monster and get it over almost to 60 points above 60 points, do I think that they're going to be able to score that much? I think the Cowboys jump out to an early lead. They try to keep the pressure off of Dak, Zeke, Pollard, run the ball, grind the clock. That, that to me is really kind of the opportunity. I'm going to say do the opposite. I'm going to say tease the, over down and root for points man like let's let's see a game where you get a lot of points I don't I sometimes bet the under but the under is kind of a shitty thing to bet it's not sexy it's not sexy at all right like you're rooting for for a a boring game game, but a boring game I want to see points I might tease it down and take the over like if you can take the over on what's 49 and a half minus the 13 like you're in the 30s there 36 like that's I think that the Cowboys, the doable. Cowboys could do that by themselves. Like, let's yeah. be real. The Cowboys, I think they they're capable. I think too, we we all are a little bit weary of the Broncos. We're not big fans of them. I think we I think we like I, I almost like the Vikings more. I feel like if the Vikings played the Broncos, I'd go Vikings on that one. But I, I think the Cowboys are they're they're gonna be fine with or without Dak. Nine and a half is a little high though, you know, but you tease it down or monster it and you're you're golden, man. I'm gonna, caveat this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna caveat this. If Dak is playing, I'm gonna take the points. Straight. If Cooper Rush is playing, I'm gonna money line it. If I'm throwing thing, if I'm throwing the Cowboys in any of my parlays before I get that, Those that are the final rules. report, then I'm just gonna take the Cowboys money line. Um, but I may take the points depending on whether or not Dak is gonna play. I like it. I like it. Let's roll to the next game. Panthers are home. They're four and four. Patriots coming to town, also four and four. Patriots are minus three and a half to open uh, right now. We have a 41 and a uh, 41 point over under. I don't have a lot to say about this game. I am very, very uh, in the favor of the Patriots. We've talked about how we don't like the Panthers. Jay buried the Panthers. I'm, I'm leaning pats on this one. Jay, can you, uh, if you have any talks, we're going to go with you first. I know Ricky's going to have a lot to say as our resident uh, Patriots by association fan. Um, but Jay, let's give you the floor first. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much about it. Cause I'll, I'll leave this one to Ricky, but the way that I'm feeling I'm taking the Patriots. It's not just because I buried the Panthers last week. The Patriots have looked better and better. I think every week, the past few weeks, they've looked pretty good And the Panthers. Yes, they won one, but they're coming off of like a three or four game losing streak to begin with. They're, they're hot and cold in a different way than the Patriots. I think the Patriots are just you know, they're just one step above the Panthers. I think they win this game. I'm going to take them money line. Ricky, what do you got? I, I, I shared a lot of the thoughts that I had about the Patriots when we were kind of recapping from, from last week. When you look at the Panthers, they barely eke out a win against the Falcons. They lose to the Giants. They lost to the Vikings in overtime. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Cowboys. This is not a good team. How are they only getting three and a half points? I get they're at home, but you're saying that they're a pick them. Oh New my England? God. Crazy. I don't understand how that works. It, it You always have to fear with bill that he's not going to really put his foot all the way down, right? Once they get a lead, they're going to hunker down. They're going to take advantage of the run game. They're going to take the pressure off a of Mac. I still feel really good about this three and a half. This is one of my locks of the week. It's something that I've incorporated into almost every parlay. I would lay the points, money line. Again, if you want to throw it into teasers just to feel safe and, and be getting two and a half. 
totally cool. But the fact that they're actually, you know, Panthers are only a three and a half point dog is, is really weird when you look at their last couple of weeks. Home dog, man. And I will say this before we move on the original team to make Sam Darnold see ghosts was the Patriots. So I'm just throwing this out there. I don't even, that's it. That's my take. Sam Darnold's going to see ghosts. Moving on. Pesky Vikings, three and four, having just a crazy season as always. Uh, going to Baltimore, play the Ravens. Ravens are five and two. They are off by this week. Minus six is the opening. 50 is the over and under. I think the Ravens are going to come out and smack this week. They did uh, not look great in their last outing against the Bengals. They've had a week to think about it to feel sad and to get the hell over it. And they are going to come back against a Viking team that can be beaten. And the Vikings will also help you out and beat themselves from time to time. So I definitely think the Ravens are the way to go after their week off. The Vikings are pesky though. I still like the Ravens. Ricky, tell us you're the stats, man. Tell us what do you, what do you got? What do, what do you add into this? Alex, I a thousand percent agree with you. You look at the Ravens and they're coming off a bye week no one in the NFL likes to get embarrassed. When these guys get embarrassed, they get pissed. You look at the Jets, and they got steamrolled by the Patriots. They came back, and they freaking put it to the Bengals, and they got it done. Ravens got shit on by the Bengals, right? I mean, frankly, coming off of the, the previous week and, and the, the performance against the Chargers, I think we were all pretty surprised for that to be as big of a lopsided victory for the Bengals as, as it had been. The blueprint that the Cowboys used against the Vikings, I think the Ravens are going to use, and it's going to be even worse. They're going to have to stack the box and honor the run, and they're going to have to play single coverage with some secondary folks that are not good for the Vikings, right? Their, their back half of their defense is not their strong suit. It's in their front four, and even that, I think there are only you know parts and pieces and players that are okay. I think you're going to get Lamar, who's going to really go off on the rushing attack, Um He's going to be able to take advantage. Hollywood Brown, maybe anytime touchdown in this game. Just again, he's got the speed to beat Rashad Breland. I don't feel very concerned about the six points. I would take the Ravens in this one. No question. I'm with you on the Ravens. I will definitely be taking the Ravens. However, the Vikings are pesky, man. They really are. The, the games that they've lost this year, the four games that they've lost are by an average of three points, right? Like they've hung in there and they're, their record could be, you know, four and three. It could be the opposite. It could be maybe even a little bit higher. They could have beat the Cardinals. Um, Should so have beat pesky. the Cardinals. They stick around. Should have beat the Cardinals. They're pesky and they stay around, man. So that the fact that they've only on average lost by three points uh, makes me leery about the six that <clears throat> they're giving the Ravens right now. But at the same time, the Ravens are unlike any other team that they played other than the Cardinals. Um, and the Vikings struggled to stop Kyler Murray. He had, I think, 400 yards in that game through the air. But the Vikings have also really struggled in a lot of their games to stop the run. I think you mix those two things when you have Lamar where he could go off, you know, through the air, or he could make it really difficult and run for a lot of yardage and, and extend plays. He's going to be a nightmare for the Vikings, I feel. The six points, uh, I will probably still take the six points, but for those of you that might be on the fence, just uh, remember that the Vikings have only lost by an average of three and a half points to their, their four games this year. I'm going to throw this out there really quickly before we move on that Jay, I love that Ricky is our, our solid research statistician and 
Jay's throwing numbers kind of willy-nilly sometimes. I just checked. Kyler had exactly 400 yards through the air against the Vikings. So a way to go, baby. Second thing, I think about the Ravens as more of a grown, a, a team full of grown-ups, right? They get beat and then they come back and they lay a beating. The Vikings are kind of like perpetually in this eight and eight or underperforming. They never really, like you think of Kirk Cousins uh, screaming after the win in Washington. You like that? Like, I don't hear him screaming like that anymore. I hear him screaming like a little kid, like, you like that? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't really feel like he is this, the Vikings get, get kicked and they stay kicked, man. And the Ravens get kicked and they kick back. And I, you know, I'm on the Ravens on this one. In the Ravens division, we have the AFC uh, AFC North. We're going to go down to a, a showdown of teams here. We got the Browns four and four. They are going to Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals are five and three. Bengals are minus three in this game, which is way interesting to me. They're home minus three, over under forty seven. Um, this is the easiest game the Bengals are going to play in a while. This is the best opportunity for them to get right before they go a little bit into a blender coming up here. The Browns are really good at tripping over themselves. I like the Bengals. It scares me a little about last week, but we're going to let Ricky before we get too into it. Ricky is going to hit us with the injury report. It's a lot of the same faces that you're used to. Jadavian Clowney, Conklin, Green, Joe Jackson, Malik Jackson, Jarvis is back on there. Baker, even though those two played last week, Odell's we, not on the team anymore. Apparently, well, like so, he's so with I the team, but not. He, he's on the injury report, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if you guys have more details on that. I heard that they uh, asked him to leave practice, and they're currently in negotiation with his agent. Um, I've heard that there's maybe even speculation he might get waived. Uh, who the fuck knows? What we're we're, we're past the uh, the trade deadline, so I don't know what kind of options are there. So again, half of their team is banged up. Joku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, J.C. Treader, Denzel Ward. There is a lot of people banged up across the team for the Browns. The Bengals, although their defense did not necessarily shine and allow the Jets to kind of hang around and, and win the game, the, the Bengals offense still looked really good. They put up 31 points. Again, you look at the the banged up nature of the Browns and and kind of the turmoil that they've been in. Do I really feel like they're going to be able to outscore the Bengals? No, I, I don't. And and Baker, I, I kind of question whether Baker should be playing at this point, given the fact that his shoulders has banged up with a torn labrum with the broken shoulder and the fact that he's in a contract year. This is really only hurting his case to try to get that money from the Browns. If I'm him at a certain point, when do you just kind of put your hand up and go, I need a few weeks, guys, so that you don't just keep losing money left and right. Alex, what do you, what are you thinking about this one? No, I, I'm agree. And I agree. And I, I did mention the, the Bengals go into a little bit of a blunder after this, they play the Raiders the following week, followed by the Steelers, the Chargers, and then the Niners. So like in terms of losing and then needing to kind of like regroup, it's kind of now or never, because I don't like regrouping against a solid Raiders squad. Steelers have a good defense. They've, you know, they've hung around, they've won, you know, four and three, they've won some games. And then the Chargers and then the Niners. So, you know, this is kind of a good opportunity for them, maybe the best opportunity for them to feel good about themselves heading into the next couple of games. So we'll see. This is for sure. I'm going to echo what you said, Alex. This is for sure a get right game for the Bengals. And to kind of pause on that for a second, it's also a huge bummer that the Browns have had so many injuries and so many issues in the locker room this year, because they really had a lot of weapons to, to push them forward and to take that step this year. I feel like if the Chiefs weren't doing as poorly as they would, the Browns would be a great 
disappointment team because they were just like you just said, man, they were so good. So, I mean, they had it. And then just like that, all gone. Yeah. So just a, a huge loss for the NFL really, because I thought the Browns would, would take that step this year. And it's a bummer that all the stuff that's happening right now is happening. And Baker trying to play when he's hurt, just because he thinks that's the best for the team. Stefanski, even letting that happen. Stefanski also like not helping with the division between OBJ and the team. Like there's just a lot going on with them. So huge bummer for them back to the Bengals. It's a get right game for them. They are a good team. Yes. They lost last week. They need to come back and, uh, and win. I'm going to take the Bengals minus three in this game. I feel pretty good about it. That concludes our thoughts on that game. Ricky, you did just unmute yourself. Do you want to drag us back in really quick? No, I, I mean, ultimately Jamar Chase. I just want to throw that name out there as anytime touchdown, probably rookie of the year across offense or defense, probably the best player outside of maybe Micah Parsons. Just check those odds absurd. right now. Now is, absolutely I mean, absurd. now is a great time to check the odds before the Bengals, you know, continue to build. It's that probably, probably not even that great right now. I'll check it right I, now. I think Mike, for, for me as one of those, you know, not going with just the, the favorite Micah Parsons as rookie of the year outright obviously defensive rookie of the year jamar chase i think it's down to those two guys there have been a couple of other other folks that have kind of stood out um pat's retain has been playing pretty bro, well but what are you it's talking not about even close nate hobbs bro go uh, raiders nate hobbs fantastic jay what position does nate hobbs play dude he's a corner bro oh, where is he from lord Yo, who cares? It doesn't matter. He's he, he's he's wearing a black and, well. black and silver, baby. What do you mean? Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm gonna look up that Jamar Chase. I don't get to use his fancy uh, sports, but uh, the DraftKings app. So I'm gonna have to work on it here. I'll see if uh, I can find it. While one of talking. our one of our lords will have to do it. But uh, we'll move on to the next games. I could probably do these two games by myself. It's uh, Bills. Bills are visiting Jacksonville. Bills are five and two, minus fourteen. Jags are one and six. They're at home, forty nine. Jags look like crap. They got killed by Seattle. The Bills managed to win against uh, the Dolphins in the rain game um, that Jay forecasted for us. Fourteen is high. If you're into monsters, this would be a good one to monster. You get that down to one. If you're into teasing, this would still probably be a good one to tease. You get them down to seven. If you like money line. Bet the Bills. Don't bet the Jags. Anybody else? Ricky is Ricky's looking for rookie of the year stuff, so we're just going to exclude him My, from this. Minus game. minus one forty on uh, Jamar Chase. Keep okay, minus one forty on Jamar Chase. Wow. Wow. So it's already, I mean, it's already locked up it's like locked that. I mean, if you want to get Jamar Chase now, now is the time. Micah Nate Parsons Hobbs. plus one twenty five. What about Nate Hobbs? I'll, I'll oh my god! Give, knew, give me give me your thoughts on the Bills. Jay. I knew where he went to school. He was a fighting Illini, bro. So. I got it. Anyways, my take on the Bills, um, 14 is a scary number to me. I will tease it down. But, 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 but every game that the Bills have won this year have been by over 14 points. So they have the power to do it. The Jags are definitely a shitty team. It could most definitely happen um, and be a complete blowout. And we did see last week that the Jags got torn apart by Geno Smith and a really shitty Seattle team. So 14 points could definitely happen. I'm probably not going to take the chance on it because I'm a little bit of a wuss, but Bills, tease it down seven, throw it in a monster, take it down to one. I feel good about both of those. I feel like a team with maybe some love for each other, kind of almost like the Jets, right? The Jets would get kicked and then come back. The With, with the tumult at the head coaching position with 
the Jags. I feel like they're in a very transitional year, which is unfortunate for Trevor Lawrence and his rookie of the year chances. But I just, you know, I don't, I don't see this team rallying and, and, you know, having enough, uh, enough care to kind of bounce back like that. So we're going to move on. Uh, this would have been the Deshaun Watson bowl, but it did not happen. Texans are visiting Miami. Texans are one in seven. Dolphins are one in seven. Dolphins are minus six and a half point favorites, which is wildly ridiculous to me. The over under is 46. I don't have a take for this game. I'm just going to skip. Like I would just not watch this game. I would not bet this game. Jay, you said you're going to bet all the games. So we're going to talk to you in a second, but this is to me a complete stay away. The Texans, Ricky had some nice things to say before I obliterated them last week. And then they in turn got obliterated by the Rams before they scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. Who hasn't got obliterated by the Rams though? The Cardinals. So I don't know if that was what you were setting up, but I just want to throw that one out there. Everybody remember the Cardinals beat the Rams. Um, Jay, you said you're going to bet most of the games this week. If not all, what are you doing in this game? This is a complete toss up. So I've got no fact rhyme reason for this. Uh, I could go either way. I might bet it both ways and throw it in there just to add a game in there and just be like, yeah, you know, someone's going to win, right? Someone's going to win. Would you bet a tie uh, this week, Jay? No. Bet a tie, dude. The odds have got to be insane. No. Rain game? It's not a rain game. It's going to be sunny, sunny in Miami. I think we could just, I'm loving it. I'm loving Jay's, Jay's take on that game was just put it in. Don't like get a dartboard. Yeah. That's what Jay's saying. Jay's going to get a dartboard. Flip a coin. He's going to throw some shit. He's going to, something will stick and Jay's going to bet it. And he's going to be okay with that. I wouldn't, let's not add it to a crazy parlay though. Okay. No, but it, put it in a smaller one. Let's add it it to the crazy parlay. Let's add it to the tens, elevens, twelves, and then just do it again. Just flip it. Jay is saying, take my hedge, money. Hedge off the DraftKings. Yeah. DraftKings have my money. We're going to move on before this nonsense continues. The Raiders are coming back from by. Excited for you, Jay. Five and two, minus three at the Giants in New York. Giants are two and six. Minus three seems hella low to me. Over under is 46 and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to pass it over to Jay to start this one off. Jay, let's get it. Yep, this is a good game for the Raiders to win, right? Coming off of a bye week, had a lot of time to prepare, facing a Giants team that has been hurt for the majority of the year, still hurt, still without a lot of their weapons. A good game for the Raiders to win. Yeah, I know there was a lot of uh, you know news that it, that's come out over the past week. The Raiders are now going to be without rugs moving forward. But at the same time, Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that's going to spread the ball. You know, he's got weapons that maybe were underutilized before that are going to get utilized now. This is a perfect time for Darren Waller to step up, have some good games. He's kind of been, uh, you know, hit or miss the past couple of weeks. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, like could be a good game for the Raiders to win here. Alex, what do you think? I'm on the Raiders as well. And I do, I'm going to kind of speak about the giants really quickly. And then my, my take is the Raiders minus three is amazing. I love that number. Um, the Giants didn't do anything last week to make me feel like they are any better. I feel like the Chiefs did a lot of things to make the Giants competitive. So I don't like, I'm not like, whoa, well, the Giants lost to the Chiefs by just a field goal. The Giants must be okay. No, no. Raiders are a different breed than the Chiefs right now. Good for the Chiefs for winning, but the Raiders are going to need this one because now the Chargers lose. The Chiefs are not looking good. The Broncos are not looking good, but they're all kind of close. So this is a huge game for the Raiders to come in and put a little bit of distance in. This is an important win, I think. The Raiders are going to need it, especially with the Chiefs. You know, eventually we all expect them to get it together. But the Giants didn't really show me like, hey, we need to talk about the Giants more. I think this one goes to the Raiders. 
we're going to go Ricky and we'll let Jay get the final word as our Raiders fan. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, ultimately the Raiders passing defense is kind of their strength. If they did have Saquon, you know, they're, they're currently Raiders are giving up about 130 yards per game, which is actually pretty high when you think about some of the competitive defenses that are out there, but you know, Devonte Booker, do I think he's going to go out there and, and rush for over a hundred yards? No, not really. I, I do. I'm going to throw a little bit of a kind of profit calling here. I know uh, Alex kind of talked about Zach Ertz a couple of weeks back and them going out Cardinals making the trade. I think Deshaun Jackson on the currently doesn't have a home, doesn't have a team looking for somebody with some speed. They could still get out there, stretch the field, open it up for Waller, open it up for Josh Jacobs and team. That is going to be my, my pick of the week of a, a potential waiver claim. Rick uh, Stradamus. Rick Stradamus. Definitely taking the three, and I've got them as, as a lock, as I'm sure a lot of you guys do. Jay, why don't you, you close us out with final thoughts? It's a good call-out, though. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders tried to make a move on Deshaun. Um, I know I've seen, like, in some of the the uh, media leaks that they have inquired on Deshaun Jackson, also that they might be inquiring about OBJ. I don't think that they should have OBJ. I think. Uh, you know, I like that. I don't know. That's, I like that's, OBJ a lot. That's such a flashy Raiders move, like Antonio Brown. You know, he comes with a lot of drama that, frankly, the Raiders just don't need right now. Like, they just need to focus on being the Raiders, who they are. And look, they've got a lot of weapons that a lot of people don't know. They've got Zay Jones, Brian Edwards. He was They were super hot on Brian Edwards last year. He didn't do much. This year, he's kind of taken a step. He splashed. Aaron Waller. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Like they have. Yeah. They have weapons on a lot of different levels they can use Kenyon drake out of the backfield as a, as a pass catcher and he's shown to be able to put up some big numbers too so the raiders have a lot of weapons i don't think they need to make a splashy move like get obj getting deshaun jackson yeah that's different i'm okay with that give him another weapon but also at the same time i don't think they necessarily need it they just need to focus on being the raiders no drama let's get to the end of the season let's make the playoffs and this is a game that the raiders have to win when you look at their schedule right this is one that you write off as a w in john gruden's words win giants win chiefs win everything's a win this has to be a win raiders minus three let's not talk john gruden anymore and i do just want to last little bit here djax is in a different different place in his career right obj is still trying to make that name he had the one good catch outside of that though not that great but DJX is in a little bit different place because dude's running out of uh, running out of time. So I definitely agree that in terms of flashiness and distraction, DJX is probably the way to go, especially with the Raiders having some distraction issues, we'll say. And they're, you know, trying to keep it as focused as possible. Moving on, we go to the to the suddenly struggling Chargers. Um, they are four and three. They are minus one going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles three and five over under is 50 points. This to me, we will let Ricky get the big say. I'm gonna. Am I? Did I say something wrong, Ricky? We're gonna go to you right now. How are they giving one? I, because I, the Chargers the, are good. I no no, but I'm saying how are the Should Chargers be more? only giving one? Agree. Yeah, I, I think the Chargers come out here and they put it to the Eagles. Sure, the Eagles have had a couple of games that they look decent and scored some points, but they're not a good football team. Sure, great. They beat the Lions. Woo! They lost to the the Raiders. They lost to Tampa Bay. Good teams. Got one against Carolina. I mean, but eight one out against Carolina. Mediocre. They got, they got boat raced by uh, Kansas City. I don't find the, the the Eagles to be a good team. Their defense is not good at all. I think the Chargers are going to be able to get back to form. Jay talked about it with a couple of different teams. This is the get right game for the Chargers. Justin Herbert's going to show back up. Alex called it out as well. It, it's just 
I don't, I don't see how the Chargers aren't able to get back out and and really kind of make right with with their offense and those weapons. Eagles don't have a very strong rushing attack, which is where the Chargers really, really, really struggle. Um, but there is some versatility from Hurts, so who who knows? That's but, exactly what I was just going to say. I tried to get your yeah. attention. You cut me to Sorry. it, but the the Eagles. If you look, I, I was looking today. My fantasy team's a little bit in shambles. I was looking to add somebody. the The Eagles don't have a legit one running back right now the the chargers got crushed with the run that's that's the problem to me the chargers they need this one and the, the eagles don't have the run so i feel like this is a good a good game for the chargers just to, to quote unquote get right um jay you have any thoughts on this game before you move on not much to add to this i'm going to take chargers minus one i think you know that's a really low line for the chargers and we've seen what they're capable of and it's money yeah it's to me that seems like a money pick um yeah, I'm taking Chargers minus one on this. We're going to move on. I'm going to throw out the stakes for this game before we even really get to talk about it. My, I don't, I don't know what my take is. Maybe listening to you guys will help me. Packers are seven and one, hot off of the defeat of the Cardinals. Uh, Chiefs are four and four, hot off the defeat of the Giants, barely. Um, over on uh, Packers are seven and one. Chiefs are four and four. It's an important game for, for both teams. I mean, in the, in the NFC, you can't really make a mistake, and the Chiefs are still crawling their way back in the AFC. Uh, Over-under is 54-and-a-half. Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID. Devontae Adams, still not sure about. Um, I'm just going to set the table, though, okay, for the Packers because I feel like there's a lot to be said. So you lose Rodgers for the week. This is a great experiment for the Packers to put love in to see what he can do because at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of talk of Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to be a Packer? Is he not going to be a Packer? This is going to put a lot of power in, in one of the party's hands. Is Bryce Love good enough to play? Do you take away some of the power from Aaron Rodgers? For Aaron Rodgers, does he get more power? Is he able to manipulate the Packers even more to demand more on the market if Love does not perform? I feel like the line went, I watched it today, it was minus one when I made the dock yesterday. It jumped to minus seven and a half with the announcement of Rodgers being out. The Chiefs, I'm not sure if they are good enough to be minus seven and a half against anybody. We said this last week. They were minus 10 against the Giants. They won by three. I think you got guts if you take Chiefs minus seven and a half. And at the same time, I don't know what the Packers offense is going to look like. If you're missing wide receivers, you're missing Aaron Rodgers. This is an, an incredible game to analyze. Gentlemen, I, somebody somebody, get in here because I, I have no thoughts. I need to think for a minute. I think you said Bryce Love is Jordan Love. but Jordan Love, sorry. Uh, with this game, you know, at the beginning of the season – you look at this game, you look at this matchup and you're like, Oh damn, like this, this is a matchup that I want to see. And this is shaping up to be it. I mean, it's a matchup that needs to happen, right? Like the Packers need to get this win, but this is a matchup that it's like, man, you're looking at a chiefs team. That's not nearly as good as you thought they were coming into it. You're looking at a Packers team. That's not going to have potentially Devonte Adams and not going to have Aaron Rodgers. So what is this game? But to give the chiefs seven and a half, this is what I said at the beginning is them being a disappointment and us, you know, giving too much respect to that team. The Packers need to be able to run the ball well and control the game and, and play some bully ball. And the Chiefs defense just isn't good, man. Like this is a Packers money line game. I they're gonna win this game, I feel. And the Chiefs at seven and a half is just ridiculous to me. 
I, I jumped a little early on this line. I, I've been trying to take advantage of the uh, the early margins where it's like, I don't think people are even looking at the lines yet. So I'm going to try to lock some stuff in. I saw the Packers were only getting one. And again, to Jay's point, I think this is easily a pack, Packers money line game. LaFleur showed you last week against the Cardinals that he is going to scheme up the offense that's needed to attack the weak points of the defense. The Cardinals, their strength, in my opinion, which this hasn't been in a long time, is their secondary and the, the ability to cover the skilled players. And all the Packers did the entire time was keep the ball away from the Cardinals and run it down our throat. A.J. Dillon, they are going to have another week of just running it down the throat of the, the, the Chiefs. The rushing defense for the Chiefs has not been good. The rushing offense for the Packers has actually been pretty strong. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I don't care who's behind center. I think any of the three of us could be under center and hand it off to those guys. And again, it's going to be a lot of those really short out routes. Devonte Adams, I think should be back this week from COVID protocols. I think he only has to test negative a couple of, he was not, he's not on the injury report at least right now. So if you get that guy, I think, back, it's, a, I think it's a separate, I think it's a separate list though. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there. I took him at getting one. I take him getting seven. I think money line is definitely the move here that the Packers are going to be able to upset quote unquote a really poor chiefs defense they're getting some other weapons back on defense that they didn't have last week against the cardinals and locked us up pretty good the packers running backs haven't had a single 100 yard rushing game this year do you guys feel like this has potential to give one of those running backs a hundred yard or are they just going to split the carries like they normally do and you're going to see 70 from one 60 from the other they'll still rush for a shit ton of yards but none of them will get 100 yards I think they're going to split them, man. It seems like they really like Dylan on some of the short yardage plays, right? They're both averaging right around four and a half carries or four and a half yards per carry. But Aaron Jones seems to be much more of a threat coming out of the backfield passing, right? He's kind of like Kamara, not the same, but there is that versatility where he's going to get some balls out of the backfield thrown his way where they like to bring Dylan in and just go, we're going to get three yards here and there's nothing you can do. So I agree with you. I don't think this is the week that you see, a hundred yard rusher from the Packers, but I do think both of those guys are going to get pretty damn close. I think a little bit though matters on Jordan Love. If Jordan Love comes out and is throwing some stinkers, I feel like you can game plan to stop the run, especially if you know that Jordan Love, you know, first quarter doesn't go well for him. I feel like the Chiefs, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because we're saying the brand name, the Chiefs, two years, you know, great run, but this is not that team. I mean, the, the craziest part, too, is both of these teams are thinking that this is a gimme game that they need to win, especially now that you lose Rodgers. You can't, you know, you make up that win, the ground on Arizona. You know, you have, the Rams are always kicking. So in the NFC, the top is the top. It's great. The Chiefs are fighting for their lives, though. I'm kind of leaning Chiefs a little bit, man. I don't know if I'm going to bet this game just out of pure fear because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Like, I, I'm excited to watch, but I, I'm afraid. Even if the Chiefs win this game, like I still feel shitty about the chiefs going forward. Like it, they could win this game and I'm going to write this off as, you know what? Packers were hurt. They didn't have Aaron Rodgers. They won whatever. We talked last week about the timeline and the importance of wins at certain times. And I feel like this win for the chiefs, isn't a like, Oh, the chiefs are correct. It's a, Oh, the Packers were down chiefs got away. And then even if they win Jay, I don't feel like they're going to win 35 to nine. Right. They're going to win 20 to 17 like they did against the Giants. They're going to scrape it out by the skin of their teeth, and that's what it's going to look like. Ricky, final word is up, and let's move on. Well, if you're scared and you feel like there may be a chance that all of a sudden it, it's a get-right game for the Chiefs, 
seven and a half points. If you add that into a monster, Jay, I'm going to shout you out because you've got this a little bit later on. You're getting 20 and a half points against a really bad Chiefs team. I think that is is definitely something you should explore, whether it's a six, 10, 13 point teaser. I feel really good that the Packers could cover that, especially even just winning outright. But if you're right. trying to be a little more conservative, getting 20 points, feeling pretty good. Hey, I kind of like that too. Why even bet the Chiefs? Because who the hell knows? But if you bet the Packers as they're down, you know, they can't, they're not going to lose by 20. Like that, that's a very good call, Ricky. Very good call. We're going to move on to, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to throw it to Jay first because we, have, we haven't had one of these in the four, four weeks we've done the podcast. This is a, a pickup. So Jay, can you really quickly, it's Cardinals. They're going to uh, play the 49ers. 49ers are home, three and four. Cardinals off the loss, seven and one. Over under is 45 and a half. Jay, can you explain to the audience who might not know, what is a pickup, sir? Pick'em game is just literally picking who's going to be the winner, right? Like it's it's dead even uh, odds wise, even though the 49ers are home, so they do get a little play there. But it's just a pick who you think is going to win this game. And to me, the Cardinals are going to win this game. They could have just as easily won last week, right? Like it was just as much of them shooting themselves in the foot as it was the Packers winning. Uh, they could easily be eight and zero. They could easily be, you know, six and two right? If they lose that Vikings game. So I still feel good about the Cardinals though. The 49ers have not looked good. They've been banged up. And this is a, this is a game that the Cardinals can win. I'm going to take them. Uh, yeah, it's a pick them. So I'm going to take them. Going back really quickly, sir, when you said it was a pick them, normally the home team gets three points, right? So right. in, in the terms of, of gambling right now, the 49ers are being slighted because the Cardinals are coming in, and instead of the Niners being minus three, the Cardinals are coming in and getting getting neutral uh, neutral ground on that. And I also do want to say it's also a slight to the Cardinals a little bit because the Cardinals are coming in and they're not outright favorites. So on a on a neutral neutral field right now, the the odds makers are saying we're not really sure. It's not a neutral field. The Niners are home. They tend to give the Cardinals a little bit of a fit. Uh, Kyler is banged up. He's a game time decision. AJ Green got put on um, COVID. He's out. We do not know. I, I still am not really positive what happened with DeAndre Hopkins last week, putting himself into the game with his hamstring injury. A little bit worried about the Cardinals. This is the ripe, ripe opportunity for us to be like, hey, get right game. And then the Cardinals crap the bed. Cardinals should win this game. I say should. I'm not going to bet as a Cardinals fan because I can't. I've had them for too many years. Ricky, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, the Niners always play the Cardinals tough, right? Any of those intra-division matchups, it's just there's there's bad blood. Those teams don't want to lose to each other. The the game earlier this year, 10-17, hard-fought defensive battle. The defense for the Niners is still strong, right? They're still a good defense. Kyle Shanahan on the offensive side can really scheme it up. Garoppolo looked okay last week. Granted, they were playing the Bears. Nothing to really kind of write home about. Kittle might be coming back, which kind of presents a little bit of a, a challenge, right? I don't think he's played since the last time they, they saw the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons locked him up, but, you know, it's another weapon that they've got. Elijah Mitchell's kind of coming on at running back. Do want to shout out Debo Samuel. Uh, he's broke the seven-game record for, for most receptions for a, a Niner. So he they've got some weapons, nothing super incredible, but the Cardinals are a bit depleted on the offensive side. Can Zach Ertz pick up the slack? 
can James Conner pick up the slack? Can Chase Edmonds pick up the slack? I think that's the question. Hopefully this week will be the first time that we're going to start to get back Rodney Hudson. Um, I know they've talked. He's it's at least starting to kind of come off of IR, they think. Um, we have not played the same since he's been gone uh, with kind of a revolving door at center. So I got burned on the Cardinals last week. I've got him in a couple monsters, but beyond that, I would like to just enjoy the game and hopefully see the Cardinals get a make right opportunity. I also want to shout out Debo Samuel. Congratulations. Um, but he didn't practice today. He's on the injury report is questionable. So congrats Debo. Um, we're going to move on from the Cardinals go Cardinals to what is shaping up to be a phenomenal freaking Sunday night game. Thank God for this game. Holy smokes. It'd be great for the Cardinals to win and then to roll straight into this shit because it's going to be such a good game. Titans are six and two. They are going to Los Angeles playing the Rams seven and one Rams are uh, minus seven and a half. That is a mighty, mighty number over under is 54. No Derrick Henry this week. How do the Rams continue to roll? Those wide receivers need to show up. You have the ghost of Adrian Peterson being added to the Titans. This is, this is going to be such an exciting game or it's going to be really boring because the Rams are just killing everybody. So we're going to have to talk about this a little bit. I, I'm on the Rams winning the game. I hope the Titans are able to make it close. That defense has played well against some pretty okay offenses. Uh, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. You know, those were a little bit of lower scoring games. They beat the Colts as well. I think the Rams are going to win, but I, I'm excited to watch this game. Titans are number one in the AFC. I'm just going to throw that out there too. This is an important game for them because out of nowhere, they are on the top of the pile. They need to continue to win. It's important for the Rams because the top of the NFC is loaded. There are teams that are six and one Cardinals Packers, seven and one. You can't slip right now. You can't, you know, bucks take that fall from, you know, they were with one loss. They go to two. That's big. So, I mean, this is, is an important game for a lot of, a lot of people, but I think losing Henry is, is going to be the, uh, the Achilles heel, you know, so to speak for the Titans. I think the Rams are going to win seven and a half is high. I like teasing it. You get a half. It's money line. Rams win. You're good to go. Ricky, you indicated you wanted to speak. I, I'm just very scared of this game. Don't be scared. The, without Derrick Henry, what is the offense for the Titans? I get that A.J. Brown has played super well, but that's really predicated on the teams having to stack the box, right? We talked to last couple of weeks that there are times that you almost half the game, you've got guys that are five, six, seven people in the box it creates one-on-one matchups for AJ Brown. It creates one-on-one opportunities for Julio, who still has not looked right the entire season since the first couple of weeks of being injured. So can Adrian Peterson demand the same uh, defensive front that, uh, that was required beforehand? I don't think so. You add Vaughn Miller, you've already got the, the defensive line that is pretty strong there. You match up Jalen Ramsey against AJ Brown who's going to be catching the ball, who's going to be open. That is my big fear for, for this one, seven and a half points. Obviously, if you could tease that down um, to the Rams, even getting points, obviously in a monster, fantastic. Otherwise I think Rams money line is, is strong, but which Titans team is going to show up the one that loses to the Jets or the one that beats the bills. I don't know. This is a tough game. If you're a Titans fan, right? Like this is going to set the tone for the remainder of the season. We're going to see what, the Titans are able to do without Derrick Henry. And frankly, like this is going to, it's going to require all of the defenses, all of the teams that the Titans face going forward to kind of watch this game and figure out what it looks like. That being said, the Rams with the addition of Von Miller, the Rams being who the Rams are, 
this feels like a game that the Rams should win. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, my dad's hot take, so Lenny Amato's hot take is the Rams will win, but they will not cover. And I'm okay with that. I, I feel the same way. I think Rams win this game. They don't cover. But this is a big game for them going forward. They This is going to set the tone for the rest of the season, and we're going to see who they really are without Derrick Henry. And that's that's probably pretty scary for some Titans fans out there. We would be remiss right now to to not mention that the the current running back that was on the roster before the addition of uh, Adrian Peterson, his name is Jeremy McNichols. He's a couple year vet. He has you know fifty rushing fifteen rushing attempts in his career, so that is not great. But he would probably it would stand to reason as kind of the backup or the you know the last healthy running back on the team prior to Henry being down. He probably is in line for at least the beginning of the game to to you know get those touches. This to me feels like too, if if you're the Titans, you really wish you would have flopped the the Jets game with this Rams game, right? You're probably going to lose to the Rams. Why not play them when you're beaten up? You're a little bit broken. This is the time for them to lose Derrick Henry and then go play a crummy team like the Jets. They already wasted their crummy team and they lost, and now they play the Rams. This is kind of a hard game to be like, we lost our best player. Time for us to really show out. Like, not great. I just remember that last week we did the monsters and I compared I compared Derrick Henry to Michael Myers who doesn't go down and then Derrick Henry is out for the season what You're a jinx did I do what did I do let's just say too that I did Frankenstein as the Bengals and they lost as well so <laughs> I mean thank God for I mean just like last week we said it at the beginning thank God for the Cowboys Oh my God. Aye, aye, aye. I don't have much to say about Monday's game, but I will mention it because apparently you're stupid if you don't bet it in all your teases and parlays. Um, Jason. But we have the uh, the Bears are going to Pittsburgh. Bears are three and five. Steelers are four and three coming off a win of the Browns. Steelers are minus six and a half favorites at home. Over under is 40. I think the Bears are, they made some good plays. We had some, uh, go, some good uh, plays, some good scrambles from Justin Fields but they're going to lose the game. Like, I don't really have any confidence. They're going to, they're going to look okay sometimes, but they're going to lose. So that that's my take. I put, put money on the Steelers six and a half is high as hell, but money line. I take the Steelers. A hundred percent. What you said, Alex, I think the Steelers finally had a return to, to form and, and kind of simplified what their game plan is Four sacks. Steelers defense looked really good fields. I will agree. Probably looked the best that he's looked so far, but they've kind of simplified the offense for big Ben. They had some ways of getting Claypool involved, a couple end arounds, third game in a row of I think 130 plus rushing yards Najee Harris is looking great I think those two things combined of a, of a strong Steelers defense getting back to basics and, and running the football are going to be too much for the the Bears that are I still think just reeling and trying to find what their identity is on on offense the Bears play close games though and except I against might... the Bucks. whatever whatever okay <laughs> whatever they're pesky I feel okay if I'm going to say the Steelers, the Steelers are not the Bucs. Steelers are not the Bucs. Right. So I'm just going to throw that out there. If I don't look at any of the scores, if I don't look at any of the games for this season, the way, like, my sentiment about the Bears is that they're pesky, that they can kind of hang around. They they smash the Raiders, and maybe that's what's – maybe that's my bias right there is they killed my Raiders, so now I feel differently about them. But I might take the Bears plus six and a half, and it might be a close game. I might I might take that this week. You know what? But I kind of agree with you, Jay. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Steelers destroying a team. I do think the Steelers will win, but I also do like the idea of, see, this is where it's interesting right now, right? You have the option. You could tease the bears 
and you go six and a half plus seven, 13 and a half, or you could do Steelers if you'd like that, tease that to a half. So it really just depends. You think the Steelers will win, you know, by a point at least, or do you think the Bears will not lose by X amount? And it just kind of depends. I'd rather bet for a team to win rather than not to lose by a certain amount, but that's just me. But I also agree, Bears have been in close games. So sorry for stealing your thunder, Jay, but I like your take though. The Steelers have only won a single game. Now that I'm, I'm kind of sitting down and thinking about it, they've only won a single game by more than seven points. And that was against Denver who went for two when they probably should have just kicked the point and frankly stuck a dagger in my heart and ruined my weekend from a gambling perspective. So now Jay, that you kind of think about it, um, especially on a Monday night, I get that it's in Pittsburgh, but six and a half, maybe they hang around. Bro. Maybe they just don't, ins- the Steelers just be, don't inspire confidence to, to crush a team. It. Yeah, they, they, they're, yeah. Jay, what do you think? Is this a weatherman? This. <laughs> I love this circle that we just went in because now that I'm looking at it, the Bears have lost by double digits many times. <laughs> <laughs> I might take the Steelers minus that. There is football. I don't know baby. what to do with this. Uh, point. Uh, I don't know. We'll, what to do. we'll flip. It's fine. <laughs> hey, that was it. Just remember, bet Monday night. Just this might be a dartboard game. We're just gonna have some dartboard games. Um, teams we will not hear from this week, the Seahawks on by the Bucks, Washington football team shouts out to the bears for not, or the lions for not losing this week. Let's go lions. Congrats lions. Way to go. So, uh, we're going to run down our, our top picks of the week. Um, Ricky did a really good job this week of calling those out during the segments. Amazing job by you, Ricky. And I'm going to give you Ricky some props. This, I, I feel like this was Ricky, Ricky MVP episode. He, he was amazing today. Um, quick shouts out to Rick with all his stats. I'm going to go over mine really quick. I like the bills. They're a strong team. They need to bounce back. I'm loving them. We're going, uh, and they're playing a bad team. They've been crushing bad teams all season going chargers. They really need this win. It's big for them. And I'm going Patriots as well. I know Ricky had that one, but I'm, I'm locking those three in as my locks. We're going to transition right now. Give us your pick, Mr. Ricky. Well, we can have the same locks, right? There's there's nothing yeah. wrong with us feeling the same. Diversity way, so is good, but I feel like don't, hitting don't some worry is... about that. Yeah. yeah, no, the the my, my three Patriots, Raiders, Packers, the, those I feel really good about. I'm taking all those straight up against the spread. So I think the Patriots were three and a half, Raiders were three, and and Packers now up to the seven and a half. I feel really good about all those. If you want to again throw them into teasers or monsters, all great. But that's how I'm feeling. Jay, what are, what are your three for the week? Yeah, mine are similar to what you guys have. I've got the Cardinals, which none of you guys pick, but I'm going to ride the Cardinals here. I think uh, I think they've got what it takes to win against the Niners. So I'm going to pick the Cardinals. It's a pick them. Raiders, I will take minus three. The Bills, I'm going to take minus 14. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That's going to be max payout. So Later points, baby. Yeah, Cardinals, Raiders minus three. Bills minus 14. I'm getting paid this week. I don't know if I feel good about it, but I feel good about it for the pod. I'm winning. Hey, you know what? You know what? This is the fucking locks of the week, my friend. And you're over here like, I really don't know if it's a lock, but I'm (laughs) I'm not sure. God damn it. This is not that segment, man. This is my say. This is where I put my money. Like these these are not the mediocre, mediocre takes of the week. Like lukewarm takes right here. So for this episode, for this episode, you've heard the last of me. I'm going to transition us right now. We are taking a small, it looks like a small break. We will probably still have the same game parlay of the week. We just haven't compiled it yet. It kind of sucks that we don't have 
the you know player props and stuff. Jay did a really good job pulling some stats out of his ass last week. But we are going to let we have really transitioned into loving this monster of the week. So I'm going to let uh, Jay do the monster. We'll go with Ricky for the Jarlay, and we're going to wrap this puppy up. Jay, hit us. What's the monster, baby? Yep. So the monster this week and all monsters from what I've seen pay out minus 140. So it's a good sort of bet to put a lot of money on for you to save your week. What I'm taking this week, I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Cowboys, the Packers and the cards. So what this ends up being is the Colts plus two and a half. Feel great about that. Cowboys plus four feel fantastic about that. Packers plus 20 and a half. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. And the cards plus 11 and a half. I also feel great about that. I'm going to put a good chunk of money on this. This is going to be a week saver in case all my other stuff goes to shit. I feel great about these. Monster of the week. You know, I really do like it. I'm, I'm, I said I was going to be done, but I'm just going to chime in really quickly. I do think the Packers have the potential to lose. I do think the Cardinals have the potential to lose, but not by 20 and not by 11. So I really... I'm really liking that monster of the week. Ricky, wrap us up, baby. So we're going to move into the, the jar lay. It's one pick from, from each of us. I'm going to start with me. I got the Packers plus seven and a half. Jacob, we're going to go Cardinals. Uh, I believe right now we're giving one and a half if you're looking at your, your apps. And then from Alex, we're going to be looking at the, the Chargers, and they are currently giving two against the Eagles. That's going to be our, our jar lay from the week, kind of the combination of all of our locks, all our conversations, and kind of a summary of, of where we feel strongest uh, and where you may be able to follow along and, and see how we do. I love that Ricky said to follow along because you can follow along with our bets and take a look at what we got. We do have the Cashed Out Pod Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify and listen to our podcast. You can follow us on Apple Music and Jay, what else? Google Play. Google Play, like you said, SoundCloud. I know we've got some wonderful sound clouders out there tune in iheart radio last twitter week I called it iheart music i don't even know the places where we've got but iheart radio get us on twitter um, as well jay jay is lovely with the memes yeah all the socials twitter ig engage with us like we said last week engage with us really we want to hear what you guys have you know maybe you've got a different take than us we want to hear that tell us if our picks are great tell us tell us if our picks are shit tell us if you won money Follow us at Cashed Out Pod, Twitter, IG. Find us on all the major platforms for our podcast as well and let us know what's up. We know you're watching the games. We're definitely watching the games. So just interact with us while games are happening. It's uh, wonderfully cold here in Nebraska. I'm sure it's still hot as hell in Phoenix. So enjoy, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the football. Ricky, any closing words? Are we, are we good, baby? I think we're feeling good looking forward to a good weekend of football and excited to keep moving this forward. Episode four, got it in the books and uh, looking forward to many more to come. Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. Take it easy.
Hey, listener, gambling can be good and fun. There are some downsides to it as well, mainly losing money. Please remember that the ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are just that. There are ideas and our opinions. You take them, you leave them at your own risk. Um, if you do have an issue with gambling, please remember to reach out for help before it starts to get too serious. Uh, some numbers are 1-800-GAMBLERS or 1-800-522-4700. Give them a call if you need any help. Um, don't let this get too serious. Have fun. Win some money. Take care.